It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Oh, yeah. Measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. Pierce with two. Pierce all the way up the horn. It's Welcome to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. My name is Quentin Mayo at T-O-Q-M underscore on Twitter and on Instagram. Check me out. I take some pretty dope pictures if I do say so myself. But it's not about me today. It's not about my Instagram account. It's not about the fact that I'm trying to hit 1,600 followers on Twitter and I would love the DC family to join me. It's not anything about that. Today we're here to talk about the Spurs getting the win over the Washington Wizards last night, 132-119. to Now, the Wizards attempted to do something they haven't done in a very, very long time, and that's, uh, that's a win in San Antonio. It's been, what, 19 straight losses at San Antonio, and, um, you know, that, that it didn't change last night. So, I mean, if we want get, to get started, let's go ahead and point out the obvious. LaMarcus Aldridge was babysitting last night. I mean, he had children on him. Well, he had a child on him. Well, no, he had children on him because uh, Scott Brooks tried to throw a lot of undersized guys to, to guard him because Thomas Bryant obviously couldn't do it by himself. And we'll get deeper into that later on in the um, the podcast. But uh, um, Aldridge, he exploded 30 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. Um, this is the fifth time the Spurs have scored 130 points this season, but this is the first time they have done so without their leading score, which is, uh, it's kind of odd, but, um, this is the Wizards we're talking about. Also, without their leading scorer, um, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, um, he picked up the slack and they, they ended the night with seven players in double figures, seven players in double figures figures uh davis bertans he had also a season high 21 points he went five for eight from three-point range last night so starting off um before we hop in deep dive into the wizards um side of this thing 
the Spurs. I mean, it's the Spurs. Coach Popovich, um, he's a GOAT. He's one of the best to ever do it, one of the best to ever coach. And the Spurs, they are an extremely fundamentally sound team, something that we'd love to have in um, in D.C. With, regardless if they have Kawhi Leonard, regardless if they have DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, um, Aldridge, Pau Gasol, whatever players year in and year out that you give to, um, to Coach Popovich, he makes it work. And some people were questioning, like, they had a slow start to the season. Some people were like, you know, the, they can't even make the playoffs this year and this, that, and the third, and the West got stronger. Well, look at here. I mean, the Spurs are still ridiculously good, um, and they lost DeJounte Murray to the season with the torn ACL. Even though he looks better um, trying to recover from that injury, he's out for the year, and they still find a way to, to get it done um, night in and night out with some guys that you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even imagine. So um, tip of the cap to the Spurs. Um, they do have some of the most annoying <laughs> in-game soundtrack I've ever heard. Like, they were playing milkshakes in, in the middle of an office of possession. Like, they were playing the worst songs um, during the game. But um, I have to give it out to them. They can do whatever they want. We won as many games that they won, as many championships that they have. Um, you pretty much have free reign to do whatever you want. Also, it's Patty Mills' 500th game and win. I think it was his 500th win, actually, as a San Antonio Spur. I don't know if it's game or win. I can't remember. I saw that stat floating around. Um, they asked him about it on NBA.com. I can't remember if it was games or win, but he said it felt like it was more than that. He's been playing there for quite some time. He moves up in the ranks, you know, besides some of the greats like uh, Tim Duncan and uh, those guys. So, that's what the Spurs did. Now, we didn't come here. This is not Locked On Spurs. If you want to check out Locked On Spurs, you can do that. They have a great podcast over there. This is Locked On Wizards. So, we came to talk about what happened with the Wizards last night why didn't they get the win um and uh how they can improve on tuesday against the cleveland cavaliers so um i want to start off first by talking about thomas bryant i mean i really really love what i saw from thomas bryant especially early on i mean thomas bryant is a guy i could not stop raving about him on twitter last night and all season for that matter is that he is really finding himself in this offense i mean with no dwight howard kind of looming over him to you know come in and and, t- and take his spot anytime soon i mean dwight howard is supposed to be evaluated um sometime in february he was supposed to come back within two to three months and it looks like you know this is the two month mark in a couple days so three months looking more like where he would come back, quote unquote, but I think he's just, he's just an evaluation in three months. So I don't even know if he's coming back in February. My prediction was that he's out for the season. There's really no reason for him to come back, especially with that player option that he'll probably pick up um, this off season. So Brian has no one looming over him. Um, and then also Yamahimi was out last night um, with sickness, or I think he was just a DMP and uh, Sam Decker as well did not play, but he's just so comfortable in the offense now. I mean, he's taking the shots that they're giving him the mid range that, that in between game um, he's attacking the basket. He's doing everything he can. He goes hard, but especially on the offensive. I mean, on defense, um, he, he's really, he's, he's not the best defender. Um, I mean, last night wasn't the best example because he did play a Hall of Fame uh, caliber player in LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, but he, he does a lot of things very well. And for a young guy on a team that is struggling and trying to make a push, whether you agree with it or not, for the eighth seed, it's very key to have some high motor guys that are starting to find themselves and develop in this offense, which Thomas Bryant is. So tip of the cap to him. Now, he finished last night 15, with 15 points and 10 rebounds. He was 5 for 7 for the field in the night, and he was 1 for 2 from 3-point range. But my thing is... Um, he was he had it going early, but all five of his makes came in the first half, so he didn't have any second half scoring, and which is uh is something that the 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 Wizards could definitely need, use. Um, they did go on a run in the third quarter uh, to make things interesting, but after that, you know, it was all Spurs, especially from behind the arc. 
but all his points came in the first half which was something that I, I didn't quite understand because he was one of the lone bright spots especially early on in the first quarter when um, Bradley Bill couldn't really find a shot Otto Porter was struggling everybody was pretty much struggling besides Sadoransky early on and um, he was one guy that really he, he was finding himself that mid-range jumper is something that I really really want to see more from him I remember when the Wizards did acquire him um, in the summer I thought to myself I said um I've heard I hadn't watched him, but I had heard that he could shoot the ball. I had heard that he was he had a, a nice stroke and uh, he wasn't afraid to put the ball up um, outside the paint. So that was one thing I wanted to see. And early on in his his tenure here, he did not do that. So to see him now starting to use that mid range jump shot and be more willing to take that that three point um, jumper when he has it open, he's still kind of iffy, but you can see that um, he's he's growing more and more and more confident in his his jump shot each and every game, and that's something that I definitely love to see from a young guy. Um, kind of pains me to say this, but um, speaking on the the presence inside of the paint and the Marcus Aldridge. Um, the absence of Yamahimi definitely hurt the Wizards last night against uh against L. Excuse me. The absence of Yamahimi definitely hurt the Wizards last night. Not so much so that you know they missed scoring from him or things of that nature, but they just missed they missed an extra body, a big body download to throw a different guy um, that had some size on Lamarcus Aldridge. When you're missing, you know Jan and Sam Decker, two more physical guys, bigger guys. Um, you don't have. All you have is Thomas Bryant to put on LaMarcus. It's kind of hard for him to, you know, it's hard for any player. I don't care how good you are to take on LaMarcus Aldridge the entire game by yourself. Um, and it's no, when you're putting auto port on LaMarcus and, you know, that uh, Trevor Reza, as much as of a defender he is, and um, even Jeff Green, who's a bigger four, four man, it's LaMarcus Aldridge. He's a solidified big man down there. So, and then especially when they go really big and have Pau Gasol and, Marcus Aldridge, and then they'll have Bertans and a couple of the other tall shooters and on the perimeter. They can get a really big lineup out there to really stretch you out and and dominate you down low if you don't have the right personnel. And last night was just a, a one of a testament to one of the reasons why the Wizards lost. They just didn't have the personnel. Now Yamahimi wasn't going to go out there and drop twenty and ten. He might have even had ten and ten. But one thing he would have done was you know just served as a different look, a different body on. Um, on uh, Lamarcus Aldridge in the in the post, a different a different guy that he had to you know be a little di- just a different a different body on him. That's all I can really say about it. So they did miss that from Jan Mahimi, and uh, I think he'll be back. I don't think it was anything serious. I think Jan and Sam Decker are good to go for the game on Tuesday, but we'll keep an eye out for that. They were addressed for the game last night. They just did not play. So talked about Lamarcus Aldridge and what he's done for the Spurs and what he did last night. We talked about. Um, Thomas Bryant and what I liked from him and then you know how they could have stopped LaMarcus Aldridge but didn't have the pieces to do so now it's time to talk about the money guys let's talk about Bradley Bill um, who is a money guy let's talk about Tomas Sadoransky who will be getting some money soon we'll talk about Trevor Reza and we'll talk about Otto Porter we're going to take a quick quick commercial break we'll be right back in a second stay tuned the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Welcome back to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. I am your host today, Quinn Mayo, at T-O-Q-M underscore on Twitter and on Instagram. Go check me out on both platforms. Also, make sure you follow the Locked On Wizards podcast on those platforms as well. Always some great conversation over there. Obviously, always some great conversation coming from my Twitter and Instagram as well. And make sure you go check out Becca MVP. She's not with us right now, but y'all already know Becca. She's the DC family leader. So make sure I go check her out. Now let's talk about it. I mean, everybody eats, right? That's what the motto is when John Wall is out and uh, other guys that are getting a more expanded role in this offense, they um, they, they pick up the slack. They do what they're supposed to do, and then everybody starts eating. And then, and then the national, national media picks up, and they say, hey, maybe you know this team is better without John Wall. Maybe they are better without their all-star. And then after a quick you know 10-game series or so, things start to slow down. Now, I'm looking at Bradley Bill. First thing that I see is that he had 21 points, which is like, okay, him and Sadoransky had 21 points. Sado had a, that's a season high for him. Um, Bill had 21, but then I look and he scored 21 points on eight for 20 shooting. That is a lackluster night for him. He had a, he had a lot of trouble getting started early on. I noticed that when they were doing, um, you know, they tend to have Bill, the playmaker on a lot of these pick and rolls. And, you know, he's the ball handler primarily sometimes. So, um, I noticed that what the Spurs would do is that when he's about to set up a pick and roll, they stay. So they say, okay, well, if you're going to bring a guy up here that we don't really think is as good as you and they aren't as good as you, we'll let him go and we'll, we'll, we'll handle that. We're going to put two bodies on you and force you not to get over the screen or, or come through the screen and make a big time shot and, and, and make us look foolish out here. What you're not going to do is you're not going to score 40 on us tonight. And that's exactly what the Spurs did. They limited him to 21 points on 20 shots. That's a win literally for the Spurs. Um, and it's starting to get that time where, you know, that they have 10 game tape on the Wizards. Now they have 10 game tape to see what this team is without John Wall, what they like to do, what the tendencies are, what the lineups are, what the rotations are without John Wall and Bradley Bill's the primary focus. And now Bradley Bill said it last year. He said it this year. He misses his guy um, because Wall made it easier for him to get his shots. Um, so now you're looking at it and all the teams are doing now is sending all their defenders at him. They're sending their guys straight at the neck of Bradley Bill. And they're saying, okay, well, if you're going to play 40 minutes a night and Scott Brooks not going to take you out and you're the primary focus, we're going to make you work for the buckets that you get. And last night they made him work for those 21 points. They made him put up 20 shots to get to it. So, um, multiple d- defenders at every possession is it's making it's making other guys beat them, and that's one thing the Spurs are not going to let you do. If you're going to beat them, you're going to have to do it fundamentally. Everybody's going to have to be a team effort, and going to have to have a catalyst um, like a Bradley Bill to do more than 21 points on 20 shots. So, um, Bill minus 29 on the night, just looked pretty tired. He was uh, step slow on defense. Um, I mean, just all night long. He just he just looked a little fatigued, and that's what's going to happen when you're playing 40 minutes a night. I think right now he is second in the league in minutes per minute total minutes behind Drew Holiday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, I, he is second in minutes per game behind Anthony Davis in one slot above James Harden at the third position. Or I think it may be switched. Harden might be one, Bradley might be two, Anthony Davis might be three. But I have to check that. So. Yeah, this is what's going to start happening. They're going to throw guys, all their guys, at Bradley Bill, make other people on that team beat them. And when you're when the supporting cast is Tomas Adoransky, Ariza, Jeff Green, and you know what I'm saying, it's, it's not that scary to look at on paper or in the game. Now, when we're talking about Trevor Ariza, um, he played 42 minutes last night. Bill, by the way, had 39 minutes last night. And it was a point in the third quarter he looked 
gas. He was bringing the ball up for the last possession of the third, and he just looked like he wanted to go home. He looked so tired, and like I said, it's fatigue. It's fatigue. It's what happens when you're trying to make a run for the eighth seed. You don't have the talent to do so, so you start running your main talent to the ground every single night. The pedal to the floor is what Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks is the foot, and, and Bradley Bill is the pedal. And he is stepping on the pedal so hard he has not let off of it. And when you have all you have is a win over the Knicks, the show for it in, in London and a win over the Magic, but you can't pick up any substantial wins over teams like the, the Raptors or um, the Spurs. You know, that is it's kind of hard to be going through that grind and not having much to show for it. And you're still in the 10th slot in the Eastern Conference. So Trevor Reza, um, he can, he's continuing to struggle. I cannot speak today. He continues to struggle um, making shots. Ever since he joined the Wizards, he's shooting just 37.7% from the field. And he is also shooting uh, 31% from three-point range. Um, he, he joined this team from the Suns in mid-December, and he still hasn't been able to find a stroke. And it's kind of it's kind of... Um, what's the word? This, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of weird to say that because sometimes, oftentimes, when you're looking at the game, it seems like he's the one that makes two straight, three straight. Um, but when you look at his total body of work since mid December, he's not shooting more than thirty two percent from behind the arc. And speaking of not shooting well behind the arc, your guy Otto Porter, he's had thirteen points last night. Um, but shot five for thirteen. That's thirty eight percent on the evening. And in Porter's last three games. Um, he's averaged 10 points, and he's shooting 28.2% overall, 25% from three-point range. I'm going to let that breathe a little bit, and I'm, I'm going to come back to it. Y'all ready? Otto Porter, in the last three games, has averaged 10 points while shooting 28.2% from the field, 25% from three-point range. Did you hear that? This is the Otto Porter, who is the highest paid player on the Wizards this season. This is the $100 million man. And this is also the guy that Ted Leones has insist that this is going to be the guy for the future. One of the guys for the future is going to build around the core of Bill Wall and Otto Porter. Let me tell you something right now. I don't care if he was more productive coming off the bench. I don't care if he was more. I don't care. Otto Porter's time is up. His time is up, and you might need to trade him ASAP because if y'all let him play one more game, he is he is ruining his draft stock. I mean, his trade value. He's ruining it. He's ruining it by shooting five for 13, for 13 points. Bill scored 21 points on 20 shots. Otto scored 13 points on 13 shots. This is a bad, bad shooting night for this team. Um, it's just it's, it's ridiculous. So if Otto Porter isn't moved... Before the deadline, I'm going to have a big problem with that because we're not going to keep sitting here and acting like it's okay for a $100 million player to come off the bench and be underperforming like this. If, if, if bench players can make $100 million, Lou Williams should be making $200 million. Jamal Crawford should be making $300 Like these guys who have made their, their living in the league off of being a six-man, I know they're probably looking at auto like, wow, you can make $100 million and come off the bench and average 10 in the last three, 13 on the season? It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. I think it's time for this team to move on from Otto Porter. My only concern is when, when looking at the direction of this team, it's kind of hard to see what they are capable of doing. From what we see, 
This team is only capable of making stupid decisions and getting nothing in return. Trading away their young assets straight up for expirings that are going to probably be on the move either at the trade deadline or 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 this offseason. Giving player options to players that are over 30 and that don't deserve it. It's just a lot of stuff that this front office does that makes you scratch your head. And I'm literally scratching my head right now because it's a lot of decisions that this team, they do, and it's just it's questionable. So my thought process is, let's say they do have calls for Otto Porter. Teams around the league, I think it's pretty clear that you can finesse Ernie Grunfeld and Ted Leonsis. You can finesse them to get what you want. I don't know a trade that the Wizards have won in a long time. I don't know a trade that they won in a long time. The Dwight Howard trade. I mean, signing, excuse me. After trading um, Martin Gortat for Austin Rivers. It's just a lot of, you know what I'm saying? It's a, and now we look at Martin Gortat's having a pretty solid season. He's actually, he's playing too. He's having a pretty solid season. In LA, Austin Rivers found his home in Houston. He's doing well in the absence of Chris Paul. And now because he's gotten those reps with the first unit when playoff time comes around, because they will make the playoffs guaranteed, he's going to be a valuable asset to that team and how they how they get that scoring out of the second the second unit that comes in with Chris Paul and, and Harden need breathers. They love Austin Rivers in, in Houston. I mean, he's not the best player in the world. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and big him up like he's the best backup point guard you could ever have. But he's performing, he's in, and it, it could be a testament to the offense. And um, we can all say that Austin Rivers is a is a an, an offensive mind in terms of you know he wants to get buckets, he likes ISO basketball, he just wants to get off. And maybe that isn't what Scott Brooks intended for this offense to be, but it really is. But whatever it is, he's in Houston and he's doing what they ask him to do. And and I mean, you look at the Wizards and they're they're struggling. So going to take one more quick quick commercial break and we're going to discuss the availability of anthony davis should the wizards trade bradley bill for anthony davis we'll be right back the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. My name is Quinn Mayo. Thank you for listening. If you've made it to the 20-minute mark of this podcast, you are the real MVP. Speaking of MVPs, or possible MVPs, Anthony Davis today, his agent Rich Paul came out, spoke to the Wojnowski, bomb, the Wojnowski, and he said, Anthony Davis, he's he's ready to move on. He doesn't want to be in the Pelican in New Orleans anymore. He says that he has no intention to re-sign with the team. So it's in their best interest to find a trade partner for him and trade him. Now we all assume that because uh, he is a part of Clutch Sports, that he is looking to join LeBron James, one of his buddies, in L.A. However, you know, why Why can't we enjoy a little rumor talk in the district? I mean, come on. We have to have something to talk about, right? You can't blame us for saying, hey, 
what if Anthony Davis came to DC? So I've gotten this question on Twitter all day long, and you know I don't beat around the bush. The question is, should the Washington Wizards trade Bradley Beal for Anthony Davis? My answer is no. What, what y'all thought I was going to say? I was going to say yes. Now, one of my one of my guys, he's on Twitter, my boy Damo, he says, you know, it's the same thing that the Raptors did for Kawhi Leonard. They had DeMar DeRozan. Um, they sent DeMar DeRozan. Essentially, they just sent DeMar DeRozan for um, Kawhi Leonard. And now look at the Raptors. Giving up a top 24, top five player. Sounds good to me. That is not wrong in any sense. That premise, that thought is not wrong at all. Bradley Bill is probably a top 20 player right now. No doubt. 21. Um, Anthony Davis is a top two, three, four player, top five player in the league. You know, honestly, it sounds great to just trade Bradley Bill away. Whatever they want. What? Anthony Davis? Okay, let's go. Let's get him. But let me be very clear about what, what this is about. This is about a culture thing. This is about coaching. This is about the front office. I said this earlier today on Twitter. I'll say it again. Unless LeBron James decides to leave L.A., come to the district and join the Washington Wizards, it does not matter what player and of what caliber comes into this Wizards organization via trade or free agency. And you want to know why? It is because the Washington Wizards do not have the culture to support talented players and help them flourish. The Washington Wizards do not have the coaching to take the talented players that they do have or make it and elevate them to another level that's capable of competing in the Eastern Conference continually and a championship for a championship. The Washington Wizards don't have a front office that is capable of of putting pieces around major, major players in this on this team, i.e., look at the examples, John Wall, Bradley Bill. They don't have the competence or the ability to surround superstar talent with the appropriate supporting cast. If you do trade away Bradley Bill, who is a hot commodity right now, you bring in Anthony Davis, who's a free agent next year, that literally... Is a rental. 99.99% he is gone after that. This is not a thing where Kawhi got to the Raptors and he was like, oh, wow, you know, I, I think I like it here. And, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to thinking about, you know, coming back. And it's, he's kind of like 50-50. And, it's, and I know he just bought a house in, in L.A., but, I mean, I really like it here. I can compete in the East. And we're probably going to be the team to come out the East and, and face off with Golden State in the, in the championship. This is not that situation. See, here's the difference between the Toronto Raptors and the Wizards. I don't need to spell it out for you, but I will, because that's why you're here. The Raptors were already really good. The Raptors already had Dwayne Casey. They already had success. They had already been to the Eastern Conference Finals. They had it everything in place. Nick Nurse was on the staff. He stepped into the role that Dwayne Casey um, left void after he was fired. The core was intact. You have all-star Kyle Lowry, supporting cast, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, one of the best bench players in the league. Uh, Serge Ibaka, Valanciunas, one of the better big men in the league. Everything is in play there. So when you take, essentially, a DeMar DeRozan in the top 20, 
And you insert him beside a healthy all-star Kyle Lowry. And then give him an excellent coach in Nick Nurse and the same supporting cast from a team that's already been to the Eastern Conference Finals. They can pick up, boom, right where they started. And when you're winning, it's easier to accept some things. It's easier to consider some things. Kawhi, is, he's winning right now. They're on top of the world almost, competing with the Milwaukee Bucks. Seven-game series, I might give that, I'm going to give that series to the Raptors right now. I love how the Raptors play. I love their coaching. Nothing against the Bucks. They are really, really talented. I'm just giving the edge to the Raptors. But let's say they do go to the finals this year. It makes it easier for Kawhi Leonard to stay in Toronto, opposed to going to the Clippers or going to Lakers. And that turns a possible rental into maybe a franchise player for five years to come. Now, on the flip side, you have the Washington Wizards. Injury ridden, riddled uh, point guard in John Wall. A point guard that has never been able to really develop a jump shot. Has had some big shots, some big moments for DC. DC loves him, and he embraces that. Um, just a point guard, though. Really, really good when healthy. 20 and 10. He can, he can do a lot, but hasn't had the best rap in terms of his personality. Has had the best rap in terms of his leadership. And has supposedly been butting heads with his co-host, his co-star in Bradley Bill. So, not only do you have that, but you have a coach that is historically not known for not getting the most out of his players. Is when you think real quickly, when you think of Scott Brooks, do you think of oh Scott Brooks is the guy that was the coach of the year, the year the um, Oklahoma City lost in the finals? Really good coach. Or do you think oh Scott Brooks is the coach that had Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook on the team? And couldn't win in the championship. I know it's different times and each player developed since then and they've become bigger and better things. However, that was a really talented team. They should have won. It, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So, he's historically known for not getting the most out of his players. It's historically known that he does not, not a heavy X and O guy. He's not respected by the star player on the Wizards, John Wall. They butted heads on multiple occasions. He might not even be respected by Bradley Beal. I mean, Bradley Beal talks a good talk, but I remember around the 5 to 10 game mark when Bradley Beal snatched the clipboard out of uh, Scott Brooks' hand and drew up his own play because they weren't running anything late in the game against the Knicks. Y'all can go back and watch that. We saw it. I talk about it all the time. Now, that could be competitiveness or that could be a respect thing. One thing I know is that I would never take the clipboard out of my, play, my coach's hand and drop the play in frustration because we're not doing enough as a coach. That's disrespectful to the coach. Now, I don't know their relationship, but that's just one thing. Then you have a front office. Extremely incompetent. Front office. Extremely incompetent for the people in the back. Do I really have to go down the laundry list of what this front office has been doing, is incapable of doing? The draft picks, the trades, the signings, Jan Vesely, Gilbert Arenas. I love Gilbert, by the way, but that contract late in his, in his, in his career when he was coming off an injury, terrible, terrible, terrible mistake. But, yeah, do I have to go through that? I don't have to. That's a whole other podcast. I already talked about that around the 10-game mark. Star player that doesn't have the best rep. Coach that's not known for elevating his players. Front office that um, doesn't seem to care, has been stagnant, has been had one guy in, in the head of things for a long time and hasn't got anything done substantial. And then on top of that, D.C., small market team, 
crowds not halfway it's half full every night i mean when big games and national media coming to town it's 70 percent the other team 30 percent the wizards if i'm anthony davis i don't say you know what i'm gonna stay in dc do this for the long haul me and john we'll get it done because you you have to give a bill to get anthony davis so let's just get that out the way now you're not pairing bill with you have to give up bill so then you give a bill, you bring an AD, 80 steps after the year, whatever the result is between him and John and, and, and AD and SC, blah, 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 80 leaves because the Wizards are an organization that just can't control that kind of star power. And now you're just left with John Wall. I mean, what what are you going to do with Auto Porter? I don't know. What's good. Just John Wall. Maybe Auto Porter got traded. I mean, John Wall, maybe Dwight Howard and, and, and Tomas Sadoransky. So now have you taken five steps forward in terms of one year you had AD for a year for a rental. Now you're 10 steps back. And then Wall's in year three of his Supermax. And the cap hit is not that crazy for a team to trade for him then. <laughs> then you might as well start from square one. And do you trust this team to do anything in the draft? No. Never any circle of 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 of, of trifling. Oh my lord. It's just trifling just thinking about it. Nothing gets done. So my answer is no. This is what you do. You trade Auto Porter, get some picks, build through the draft. Like I said, this the front office is incompetent, so I don't know who they draft or what they do because they think they can still compete in the playoffs and they're going to get swept if they make it to the playoffs by the, the the one seed. So that's that. But you stay here, stay with the core you have, get rid of Auto, Auto Porter, excuse me, bring in some picks, bring in some young talent, like maybe trade the Bucks for Thon Maker or something like that. I love what I see from Thon Maker. Young talent, has a high ceiling, just things like that. Bring in little pieces like that. Um, get away, rid of your expirings, get, give a reason to LA if they really want them, get some stuff, j- just little stuff like that. Then you try to convince Bill like, Hey, we, we want to build around you. You know what I'm saying? What do you, what do you want us to do? Unless we get a star studded offer from somewhere else, you build around who you have inside this. It's either Bill or wall or both. If you still want to try that experiment, auto has to go. My final answer is no, you do not trade for Anthony Davis. And that was my reason. So just hit the 30 minute mark. If you agree or disagree with me, you know, I'm always available to respond on Twitter and on Instagram at T-O-Q-M underscore. Make sure you guys go check out the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. And if you really, really feel strongly about what I've said today, all you got to do is call into our brand new voicemail this year. We've had two voicemail podcasts this this year thus far. Those are absolutely fun to do. Um, so our voicemail number, once again, is 804-453-4608. Again, this is Quinn Mayo from the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. DC, DC family. Amadi. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.